Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Welcome to the March edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. So glad to have you joining us this month. want to remind you to check out deanhawk.com and all of our free sermon resources, sermon series, and everything that is available there. We've got a brand new series we're just finishing up called We is Greater Than Me, and that will be out before the end of the month. Please check back and you can download that one and put it into your uh, calendar sometime later this year. And then you've heard me talk before about the Ultimate Leadership Conference held by Dr. John Townsend and Dr. Henry Cloud and their team of amazing uh, uh, counselors that come around them for the Ultimate Leadership Conference. There's one coming up May 1 through 5 of this year, and they are offering to Dean Hawk uh, Leadership Podcast people, they are offering a 500 discount to that conference. It's $2,950, and it includes five nights of hotel, the conference sessions, and 10 meals. So when you include all of those things, it's really value priced, especially when you get the $500 discount. And that code is 500WS. The discount code for the May conference is 500WS. It is a life-changing event. We've had eight members of my team go and participate with it, and every one of them said it has been spectacular. And you can register at GrowthSkills.com. So check that out. This month, we are diving into the subject of integrity. We're talking about that integrity matters. And we're just, uh, 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 there's a lot of aspects that we want to we wanna go into, but it's integrity that guides us down a path of no regrets. It's following our heart. And it's, I know integrity is talked a lot about in leadership and business schools, but I've come to the conclusion that the reason so many people have a hard time living a life of integrity has nothing to do with a lack of knowledge, and it's not because we we don't uh, know right from wrong. It's because it's much more difficult to live a life of integrity and do the right thing than it is to ah, bend the rules and lend a blind eye and doing what maybe is easier. And so I'm just going to say up front, it's hard to live a life of integrity. Integrity is defined as, uh, by Webster's, it's a firm adherence to a code, especially of moral or artistic values. It's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or moral uprightness. Second definition is an unimpaired condition. It's, it's the word soundness. Number three, it's the quality or state of being complete or whole. John Maxwell said, integrity is deciding to integrate my heart's value into my daily actions. Integrity makes my daily actions line up with my heart's values. And so integrity is establishing a system of values by which all of our lives are judged. And I would say it's that navigation system. It's, it's something that guides us. And integrity is, is that internal compass. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, 
It says, the man of integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. So let me ask you a couple integrity questions. Is who you are, number one, is who you are on the inside the same as what people see on the outside? If they could peel back the layers of what they, what would they find and what would they see? A famous jazz player said this, uh, said it this way one time. He said, if it ain't in your heart, it ain't in your horn. Integrity will not allow your lips to violate your heart. And there's no difference between what you appear to be and what your family knows you to be, regardless of the situation. Integrity is consistency of life and morals and values. Question number two, do you conduct a regular heart examination? In Psalms 139, uh, David prayed this prayer. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. It's a short but powerful prayer that we typically can get an immediate response. And so if eventually we are going to, our lives are going to be inflicted on others? And what is going to be the result? What is going to be the price when they really see and know us? What is, what are, what is the price that we're willing to pay to run from temptation? We look back at, at the story of Joseph back in Genesis when he was hired, brought on as a slave for Potiphar, and he's falsely accused, or a Potiphar's wife is making a move on him, and, and he he chooses to run, to forsake his clothing, to run out of the house naked. He chose to make that choice versus staying and compromising his values. And he was even falsely punished and falsely imprisoned. But integrity saw him through. It was the same integrity at Potiphar's ranch, was the same integrity that ultimately led him as a prisoner, more or less becoming the warden of the prison. He was leading the prison. Question number three, are your values consistent or are they subjective to the moment? Psalms 25, 21 says, may integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. You see, our challenge is to live a committed life in an uncommitted world, to live a life where we maintain values in a world that doesn't always have values. And it can't be up for negotiation. We choose who we are and we live by those values, regardless of where we are or who we are with. Integrity cannot be built on adjustable values. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. The integrity of the upright guides them. And so I want us to talk about the advantage of integrity. What does it mean to live integrity out in our daily lives? And, and here are some things that, that illustrate that inward character. Number one is people with integrity know that the little things count. In today's world, the, the slogan that is out there is, don't sweat the small things. Yet, in the Song of Solomon, Solomon said, catch for us the foxes, 
the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. And we know that Jesus as well said it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. What was it? A larger fox would come along, as you know and probably been taught, and would eat of the grapes. And and there was there was some loss, but it, it wasn't of anything of great value. The small baby foxes weren't able to reach the grapes. So what they would do is gnaw away at the base of the vine and begin to tug and to pull the whole vine down to get a few bites of grapes. Well, there wasn't just a loss of a handful of grapes. The whole vine died, and all of the grapes were ruined. You see, integrity is seldom lost in a moment. It happens a little bit at a time. We're, we're, never, we're never going to just, just outright say, hey, I'm going to make a major choice, a negative choice, or a sin choice. But it's a lowering of our standard. It's a continual diminishing of of who we are and the values we uphold. You know, they say that they've discovered that the Titanic wasn't lost by just one large gash, but that it was a series of small slits and small gashes that ultimately overwhelmed the vessel. And it's the same for us today. People will never make a major blunder in one day. But we will let a little bit slip pass by us day by day, moment by moment. You see, it's the slow distortion of truth which leads to an integrity breakdown. It's taking the the small breaches in character seriously, and, and we have to react to them aggressively. And we have to react to the small foxes because if they go unchecked, it'll lead to things bigger and bigger. Secondly, people with integrity find the white when others see the gray. We have to make sure that if we're going to walk in integrity, that we we stay in the white zone, we don't even go to the gray, that we say, let's, let's separate ourselves, let's make the best decision here, not what's a good decision, what is the best decision? In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We have to be cautious that we don't let the pace of life push us into bad habits. We have to remember the Bible principle of being still and knowing God. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so what do we do? We honor the biblical mandate of being still. We listen to the Holy Spirit for His insight and His directions. And it's easier to catch up than it is to make up. And so it's it's in the hustle of life that we need to be the most sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we listen for that nudge within our hearts to make the best choices. We, we heed the warning of the Holy Spirit that says, be cautious of that person, be careful of that situation, um, be guarded on how you deal in those negotiations. We need to have our spiritual antennas up. Number three, people of integrity fess up when they mess up. People of integrity fess up when they mess up. Psalms 51.3 says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. 
And so one of the best things that integrity does in our lives is, is we apologize when we're wrong. Integrity requires that activity. And there are times when we cannot stay silent, and there are times when we must not stay seated. Integrity requires a response. And many times, it's just simply saying, I'm sorry. Number four, people of integrity do what they say they will do. And boy, is this one huge, that if you're meeting somebody for lunch at noon, be there at five till. It's just to leave yourself some gap, some time, that when you can be a person of your word, that when you say, I'll pray for you, do you really add it to your prayer journal and you daily pray for them? That do your words and your actions match up? In Matthew 5, 37, it says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And so we need to pursue accuracy. We live in a world where expectations are unrealistic. Warren Buffett was speaking to a group of MBAs, and he was asked, what do you consider when hiring? And he said there are three things. The first is personal integrity. Second is intelligence, the, the constantly being willing to learn as well. And third is someone of high energy. But then he said this, if I had to only choose one, I would choose personal integrity because the other two are of no value without integrity. Number five, people of integrity act like they are being watched. They act like they are being watched. And you know it as well as I do as being a, a pastor in a local community, that more people know us and see us than than we know or recognize that potentially come to our church, their family members come to our church. And so many countless times, I'm either at the gym, at the grocery store, checking out the waiter or the waitress that is serving our table. And uh, uh, then at the end of a meal, the the individual that was serving us says, hey, just wanted to let you know, Pastor Dean, it was an honor to be able to serve you and your family, and they finally introduced themselves. What if I had been snippy? What if I had said, hey, I don't need to be nice today. I don't, I, 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 I'm not at church. I can, I can be short-tempered, and I can, I can be demanding and wanting my water refilled. We are on all the time, and our life must consistently represent the character and the attributes of Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But here's the command, but set an example for the believers in our speech, in our conduct, in our love, in our faith, and in our purity. And so we have to recognize that others are watching us. They are mimicking us. Someone once said, our lives are known and read by all men. Don't be found in the fiction section. Our lives are known and read by all men. Don't be found in the fiction section. Number six, integrity is a victory you win for a value you hold when you could compromise and take the easy way out. I'm going to share that again. Integrity is a victory you win for a value you hold when you could compromise and take the easy way out. All of us face those moments, 
and integrity is holding on to our values. It's it's doing the job complete and not halfway. It's um, David after his sin with Bathsheba and having her husband Uriah killed, and he finally repented and prayed. And in Psalms fifty one four, he prays and he says, "Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight." And it's an interesting prayer, as it seems he. He actually sinned against Bathsheba and Uriah. But David saw the bigger picture, that when we quit caring what God says about us, we really aren't concerned what people say about us. And if we are not bothered by that, something is wrong. And so never get to a place where where you're comfortable, that when we know what um, that bothers us most is that we want we want to display and to represent the kingdom of god that we are his ambassadors for the kingdom of god ambassadors for christ and integrity is living that life modeling that behavior for others to follow pastors church leaders we are people of great influence and we are highly contagious. And what I have found here in my church is my joy, my friendliness, my outgoing attitude has created a church of people that are friendly and warm and outgoing to those that are new today, because those same people were new last year, and they felt welcomed, and they want to reproduce that. You set the thermostat for your church. They're going to run hot, if you run hot. They're going to be a direct reflection of who we are. So let's set a standard. Let's walk in integrity, and let's honor God with our words, with our actions, and with our attitudes. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend if you think it would help them out. God bless you. We will see you. I pray you have a great Easter weekend. We're looking forward to that next month. I'll be back right after uh, Easter on April 15th. We'll release our next podcast. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.